<laughs> and there were a few have breathes. I have breathes too. <laughs> awkward doing this i know right well it's just like to keep, just start bullshitting like like you normally would be like hey <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> hi, hi. <laughs> welcome to this week's episode of tales from the pit featuring dun, dun, dun. how is that with that my, is that my intro <laughs> that's music exactly, that's exactly <laughs> what that was i like it <laughs> yeah Featuring me, period. Oh, <laughs> 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 well, yeah, sort of. I mean, yeah, you Not were a really. big part of it. <laughs> well, hey, <laughs> you're a part of it. Um, hey, no, this is <laughs> <laughs> much more laughing up front this time than usual. Um, yeah. yeah, why not? Yeah, Make we it like fun. to giggle. Yeah, of course. Uh, this week we talked to our friend Matt who we affectionately refer to as Cookie. So we thought it was appropriate to use uh, episode 13, The Baker's Dozen, for dun, our da, Cookie da. friend. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, the show we talk about is called, I want to say it's Our Concert Could Be Your Life. It, it was a, uh, a concert at the Bowery Ballroom to celebrate the 10th anniversary of Michael Azarod's book, Our Band Could Be Your Life. Um, and in this book, which was something that neither Matt nor I had read before we went to this show, but we definitely did afterward, um, the, uh, Michael profiles 10, 10 indie bands and, they, and you know how they operate. We talk about, it talks about um, Black Flag paving the concert circuit across the country, um, you know, like Dinosaur Jr. and Big Black. Um, so what they what they did with this show was they had current indie artists covering all the indie artists that were discussed in this book. So, for example, um, St. Vincent does a set by Big Black and the Toon Yards do Sonic Youth. And you kind of get the point. So to commemorate this, I mean, well, not to commemorate it, but the show was really heavily documented. Um, we put in the article for the story, which is on... Um, talesfromthepitpod.com if you didn't know we do them for every episode with yeah, and they're really fun yeah they're really fun yeah. they have bonus so content in them yeah <laughs> check it out buy a t-shirt um <laughs> but yeah they have a lot oh, of bonus Reggie. content yeah uh, so if we discuss anything or we mention anything we try and put reference to that in there um so for this yeah, show, just, yeah. Well, no, yeah. I mean, and just to build on that too, you know, we we are sitting here talking about all the live performances of these bands that we love. So we figured, it, you know, if we're talking about, it, you guys might want to see it. So that's you know, that's where we try and put as much up as up there as we can as possible, and we try and keep it as close to the show that we are discussing. If we can't get the exact, like the exact show, um, sometimes that's a little difficult, especially if it's a bit older and, you know, people didn't have cell phones then, but we do our best. And in addition to that, we have another exciting little bit of news that we wanted to share. <laughs> Take her away. <laughs> Take her- oh my God. Uh, <laughs> crickets. <laughs> <laughs> 
So yeah, so the so the show is really heavily documented. Um, so on the article, Tales from the Pit Pod. Dot com. I don't have the URL right now because we haven't posted it because we need the audio for this on there. Um, so we have the um, the audio stream that NPR had. They recorded the whole concert. So if you want to hear the concert, you can. Um, also, we started a um, Spotify account. Now, I know that we have we our podcast episodes are on Spotify, but we also made an account for um, Hobson LT for us. Um, where we've been making some playlists based on the episodes. So previously we did one um, for Sam's episode where she discusses, you know, women who speak. And so we made a playlist of some of those women um, that you can listen to. And for this one, to complement the the NPR stream, we made a playlist of all the original songs that were covered in the show. So if you want to follow that, um, the user is Hops and LT. Um, and then follow us on Spotify too. <laughs> yeah. And also, just so everybody who's listening knows, this this aggregating of, of playlists and putting a whole bunch of, you know, uh, different bands together in one place is honestly the way that me and Haas became friends, because this is what she used to do for me when we were in college. So it's exciting that now we're doing it together and wanting to share it with all of you guys. And then we're going to be friends with all of you, <laughs> which is my ultimate goal. All and with eight. that... All, all eight. eight of you. Two new friends by the end of the year. Yeah, we can do it. Yeah. All right. So take a listen. Enjoy. So eventually we'll talk about the thing that I came to talk about. But last story <laughs> to kind of bridge. Um, Ooh, a bridge one. So like any like kind of like punk scene kid, my kind of like my Fisher Price punk band was Blink-182. Of course. Um, I remember like one day I went into like coconuts at the time, the yes, CD store coconuts. by me, I bought, uh, a Goldfinger record, Blink-182 <laughs> and let's say like, less than Jake. F- probably less than Jake. <laughs> I remember maybe like the first green day with like paper lanterns and a punkorama comp. Yeah. Probably some type <laughs> of compilation. Let's see what else. Let's yeah. Try. Like pump- punkorama two or something. <laughs> probably. Um, Oh, but my point is, so I got really into Blink-182 and one of like, maybe like the second show that I went to, like by myself, chose to go and my parents like, you know, unleashed me and let me go into the city by myself to like see a show. How old were you? Maybe like, I think I was like a sophomore. So you were still like pubes. Sophomore in, in high school, yeah. I was right. like a ball of like hormones just waiting to do some yeah. type of trouble. And you were in Jersey and you had to like what, take NJT? Yeah, NJ Transit. And I was like, oh, this is scary. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, I have to walk, you know, 10 blocks north and not fuck it up. <laughs> Even though it was at, so like um, we went to a Blink-182 show at Roseland Ballroom. Nice. Super easy to get to. Oh, RIP, right? And... So I remember I was in sophomore year of high school because I had a super big crush on a freshman that had moved from another town and like Robin the cradle. Yeah. (laughs) That one year. She was still super cute, but she had like (laughs) big raver pants and like she had like kind of like the short haircut that like I kind of really liked at the time slash still really like like chin length. Um, yeah, so I went with her and my friend Amanda, and so, like, I was waiting in line, and they, like, they went off to get food or something. 
And then they come back to the show and like they're starting to let people in and they're like, oh, like we got VIP passes because we saw the band at like some deli getting food and their security guard was like, oh, like they're eating, like don't bother them, but here's VIP passes. And the link to this is, so we, we saw, saw the show from like the side stage at Roseland Ballroom. That's like, it's at the same height as the main stage and you get to see all the other schmoes like, you know, in the pit, like doing their thing. Um, it was Phoenix TX opening. Nice. Silver chair. I used to love them. And it was, uh, the neon ballroom era. Okay. And it was Blink-182, obviously. But the connection at the time, I didn't know it, but I was standing behind Tom from Bigwig. Oh, Um, yeah, that's that's his name, right? Tom. Singer? Yeah. Yeah, the singer. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I was standing behind Tom from Bigwig, did not know it, and then, like, six months later, like, little punk rock Matt became cool and started listening to, like, local bands and, like, smaller punk bands, and I would have, like, jizzed my pants if I knew I was, like, (laughs) standing behind Bigwig guy, because, like, Stay Asleep is one of my favorite punk records, and, like, I would learn, like, on guitar, I learned, like, that album front to back. And yeah, like it was like missed opportunity, like missed connections posted on Craigslist. Tom, please come back. Love <laughs> they you. still play. They just played here recently. Well, maybe it was maybe it was better that you didn't know because you oh, were yeah. there for the reason you were there for something else, and you you got insane like tickets or VIP tickets to go stand on the side stage and mm-hmm. be able to really enjoy it and watch them. And if you knew that he was there. And I'm speaking from experience because this has happened to me where there's somebody close to me, (laughs) close proximity to me that I get excited about and I forget what I'm watching on stage. Mm -hmm. But you may not have been able to enjoy what you were there to see if at the time. So in retrospect, it might have all been for the best. Probably. You didn't know yet. Probably. I just realized what you meant. Yep. I thought you were talking about when you saw the, um, the lady from Bikini Kill. And that. Oh, oh my God. Catherine Hannah? Not Kathleen Hannah. No, no, no. um, Guitar? Well, yeah. Uh, Wilcox, Kathy Wilcox, Kathy Wilcox. Mm. and I was like, I thought, yeah, that's her name. And I was like, and, and the best thing is that I was at a Babes in Toyland show, mm. and ninety five percent of the people in there were wearing some sort of Rebel Girl like outfit or T shirt or something, and mm. there was probably about eighty Bikini Kill shirts, mm-hmm. and I can't tell you how many people were just walking by her and not even acknowledging that she existed. And part of my brain was either they don't know who she is, which if you're really into that band, you should know. You should know. The people in that band, specifically the people in that band because of how vocal they were and what they stood for and what they were doing, what they were saying. Girls up front. It wasn't, yeah, uh, it wasn't just about, oh, we're in a band, we're making music. They had something to say and they they were the faces and the figures of that, right? Okay, so that aside, Mm -hmm. but then I was like, well, maybe they're trying to be respectful and it's not really a thing because I like... All that music, but I didn't grow up in rebel, like peak rebel girl time. I was still like three or eight. I don't know how old I was, but I wasn't old enough to really be in it. So I was like, oh, you know, maybe they just, you know, you don't walk up to them. But then me, I'm like, fuck it. If I don't say something like I just Mm. stared at her all night and she was with her husband, the guy in Fugazi. Oh, yeah. And I was like, and he's there, too. Like, I can't not say something. So I just went up and I was like, hey, you know. 
I really like your music. It's like, it means a lot to me. Thank you for everything you've done. And every, and she was just like, yeah, cool. Thanks. And she was like, real, you know, not dismissive, but that was all I had to say. And then I walked away. It took me mm. four whiskeys to do that. <laughs> I, I four. Yeah. I love that in this circle, it's about her and we're all just like, whatever. Her husband's a guy from Fugazi. It doesn't, I don't know who that is. Yeah. Some guy from Fugazi. <laughs> guy from him sticking to his $5 show bullshit. <laughs> Well, no, I didn't mean it like that. But no, no, I was, it's just because in any other circumstance, it'd be like, yeah, this fucking guy, his wife. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's Kathy Wilcox, oh, some, some fucking guy from Fugazi. Yeah, <laughs> but I was just like, this. It, but it just blew my mind how many people were wearing this shirt and didn't know, didn't know, like, that she's right there. She's standing right there, yeah. you know? And I was like freaking out. And um, I was with my friend Joe and he was like, go say something. And I'm like, I don't. I don't know what to say. And he's like, just say, you know, and he was trying to like spoon feed me mm-hmm. like s- s- phrases. And I'm like, I'm going to go over there and I'm going to not. But I think I did all right. In my mind, that's what I said to her. And it mm-hmm. came out flawlessly mm-hmm. and I didn't stumble over anything. And I was totally put together when in reality I had four whiskeys. I'm not sure if that's exactly what I said. And I could have mm-hmm. like mumbled or tri- I don't know. But let's say it was what you said. I think it is. Because, yeah, that's like, you know, theoretically in the world where I was famous, like, you know, people probably are going to come up to you all the time if, like, you know, you're significant in some way. And you probably want that interaction to either be short and then you could open it up to something else. Yeah. Um, you know, and you want to avoid the whole like, oh, like, you mean so much to me and I love you and I'm going to awkwardly hug you and let's take a selfie and. Oh, I definitely did not hug her. Yeah. I did take pictures of her when she wasn't looking. That's fine. Okay. That's okay. Yeah. That's okay. So I was like, I'm not going to go up and be like, I want to, can we get my picture? But I was like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like at one point she was standing right next to me and I'm like, hmm. Yeah. <gasps> Smell her a little bit. Like, well, I, I, like she had a hat on. She wasn't trying to stand out. She had like a baseball hat on. And I guess if you yeah. weren't really looking or if you didn't know, Maybe you would have missed her, but mm-hmm. I don't know. To me, she stood out, and I was like, "What the fuck is wrong?" Anyway, the baseball hat is a sign of there's something going on here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. And I was like, mm-hmm. "It's like the trench coat of modern days." Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that's my yeah, and I have a so to that point because she was there, I kind of was geeking out over that more than watching what I went to go see. Yeah. And I was, like, thinking about, oh, what am I going to do? What am I going to say? And I, I was there to see a band, and I got totally sidetracked and distracted. Not that it was a bad thing, but it, it was probably for the best that you didn't know yet. Yeah, it's true. Also, yeah. I would have been, like, you know, like a like a horny dog <laughs> humping Tom's leg. <laughs> hey, hey, Tom. Hey, Tom. Big wig. Big wig. Big wig. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Oh, wait. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, maybe now is a good time to chat about this fantastical, other times, wonderful evening. Totally remembered. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but we're just well, remembered that enough. We're really remembered. Yeah, just yeah. remembered enough. So me and Erica went to a show called um, Was it like this band could be your life, or this show could be the your show life. could be your life? Two thousand eleven. Yeah, and it was yeah. the ten year. Yep. Yeah, ten year anniversary of the book. This band could be your life. Yeah, um, our band could be your life. Our band could be your life. Michael Azarad. Yep. Yeah. 
Sounds right. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it was like a book kind of, um, you know, documenting the original kind of underground, you know, mid, late 80s, early 90s underground music scene. Mm-hmm. So, you know, any. He kind of documented just like punk bands that like wouldn't think to document themselves, like almost like a historian, which is why people like look back at this book in such fondness of nobody's going to fucking remember all the details of Black Flag if somebody didn't actually write them down. So. So, yeah, we went. Erica got tickets to the show, invited me. I went. And where was it? It, it was blew our minds. <laughs> Bauer. Was that? It blew our minds. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was at Bowery Ballroom. Good spot. Yeah. Love Not R.I.P. Still in existence. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. I, I would vote Bowery Ballroom my favorite venue in New York. Yes. Because the bands that play there are usually awesome. The venue is like just the right size where it's yeah. not too big. Not too small, has a bar in the basement, so like you can get your drink on, or if you're like not into a band, you can like get out of the noise and you know, and they would have like screens all around so you could still like check out the band. Um, they had like the secret bar up the balcony on the back, and if you get there early enough, there's also like a few tables on the balcony, and yeah, it was just kind of like the perfect size, like there was no bad spot in the room, um, and it was also small enough where you would actually a lot of time like the um, the gear load-in would be on, like, the side of the stage, so you, like, see the bands in the crowd and stuff, and, you know, they weren't fucking divas about, like, being in the crowd. So if you really wanted to, like, you know, pull somebody out and be like, hey, man, like, like your music, you can do it, like, <laughs> while he's, like, fussing with his, with, with his gear. <laughs> or more likely for me, it's, I like... I your band, man. Yeah. I like Great your pedal set, guy. <laughs> what's, what's the fuzz pedal you got there, bro? Um... <laughs> Yeah, so no, you tell me, yeah. <laughs> boss. So yeah, like favorite venue. Um, generally, I think me and Erica have been to a lot of concerts together or shows. Oh my god, whatever you call them. A so lot. yeah, um, so yeah, blindly said yes. Um, I think going in, the only bands I knew that I liked were St. Vincent, Tune Yards. <laughs> That's probably honestly it. Oh, and like. Uh, Buchan Gase. Buchan Gase, yeah. I yeah, forgot yeah. they played, but they, I think they covered Fugazi. Oh. Bringing it back around. Yeah. Wait, who? I love when that happens. that person? Isn't that someone married to uh, Kathy Wilcox in that band? Oh, yeah, that guy who's married to Kathy Wilcox. That guy. What? <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. So, yeah, so this Michael Azerod book um, is cool because every chapter... Sorry if I'm not pronouncing your name right. Like you're going to listen to this. But if you do, apologies. Um, Every chapter is devoted to a different band. So the chapters run Black Flag, Minutemen, Mission of Burma, Minor Threat, Husker Du, The Replacements, Sonic Youth, right? Just endless. Butthole Surfers, Big Black, Dinosaur Jr., Fugazi, Mud Honey, and Beat Happening. So the whole theme of the show is that they were having bands... Like, current bands cover all of the bands that are written about in the book. So these bands don't play, but other bands play as them. Mm -hmm. So, for example, uh, the mighty St. Vincent 
does a set for Big Black, which that's something we'll talk about later. But that's just a sample of how that Steve Albini. Steve Albini. Can we talk to Steve Albini? I hope so. I just put him on the dream list. No, he's he should be on the list. I would love to put Steve Albini on the list. Steve Albini's on the list. Dave Grohl's on the list. We have a Mm. we have a dream. We have a a big goal list. If anything, Steve Albini might be possible. Dave Grohl might be possible only if you like win a contest to get his attention for twenty minutes. I feel like we no. I feel like we could do it. I feel like we could get him. If you get him, you let me know because I'm gonna get him. Okay. <laughs> I, <laughs> like he he's probably the person. Like, hey hey hey. Yeah. He's doing? probably the person I want to talk to the most, and I'm not trying to hijack your your story at all. But I'll just put I'll just put this out there in the universe. I remember being a little kid and I've always liked drummers. I've always mm. been into drummers. I've always loved drumming. I think it's I, I've tried to do it. I like to hit things, not people, but I like to hit things and I just I've always been fascinated by drumming. Mm-hmm. And I, by I like to hit things, I like to box and do stuff like that. So anyway. Mm. So I just think it's cool. I mean, it's one instrument, but it's really like way more than one. And it's your entire body. And they're just always so animated. And they look like they're having the best time. And if it wasn't, if you have a shitty drummer, then your band's going to suck, period. Like, you you need a solid drummer. So I remember being a kid. And before I knew any of that, like, I kind of knew pieces because my dad was in a band. And I had friends in bands and whatever. But I remember seeing him on MTV and just being completely enamored by him if that's mm-hmm. the word and just watching him and being and I was just like what is going on he was like a crazy person a monster but the sounds he was making was unlike anything I'd ever mm-hmm. heard and I was like how is he doing that he can't even see like what he he's not looking at anything and he's just doing all this he's stuff always and just he's flailing around and his, his hair is going everywhere he's a muppet and I was yeah. just completely just a obsessed with what not him as a person just how he was able to produce the sound Mm. while in while just it was almost like he was taken over by something and it was just like coming out of every every part of his body it it was like he wasn't in control of it something else was Mm. and he was just letting it happen and i just loved it and then that 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 started so probably like nine or ten or eleven so i've been very Mm -hmm. very into him for quite some time i'm yep. sure a lot of people have that same feeling yeah. about him but i mean besides the whole nirvana thing like he's also just a fun drummer to watch and oh, yeah. drummers in general like you you are a fool if the only person you watch the entire show is the singer because they were just stuck to the mic and it's just like fucking see what you're doing and it's boring you're just <laughs> standing there um, you know, sometimes there's a guitar player or a bass player that's fun, but like the drummer is almost universally the most interesting person to watch. Yeah. Cause they're the person that like, you have to have limb independence. Yeah. And it's like, they're the person that if like they cook you breakfast, like they're fucking frying eggs, frying bacon over here, making yeah, like coffee flipping, with their foot. Yeah. And like flipping pancakes and then catching it on yeah. the other side of, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. They're doing all that shit. I, I think I could every band that I see, I watch the drummer. Pro, if I can see the drummer, I end up watching mm. the drummer the whole time because they're, they're amazing. Yeah. I have way more stories about other drummers mm. that I have similar feelings for. But yeah, that's that's my Dave Grohl thing. I think he was the first one that really I that I really like captured my interest or my attention. Mm. Yeah. So 
So anyway, sorry, back to... Uh, Our band could be your life. Yes. Or the show could be your life or whatever yes. you want to call it. So the John could be your John. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> as Erica described before a Dave Grohl rant. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, it was like a shit ton of bands, like kind of like popular, you know, mid-level indie bands or whatever. And um, they all kind of, they all took three songs of a band from each chapter of the book, did a cover set. I know. I see your fate. You're just like, what? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, basically everybody had 15 minutes. It was, like, what, like 12 or 13 sets, something like that. Um, So it was a really quick-moving show. Okay. But it was still, like, four hours. Um, It was a show that, like, you wanted to, like, wear your comfy shoes because you're fucking going to be on your feet for a while. Dan would have hated this show. Dan would have definitely hated this show. Um, it felt hi, like four hours. Yeah. I don't know if it was maybe three or I yeah. don't know, but yeah, it was so, forever. so can I ask some questions because that's, yep. I'm really good at that. I did do a little, I did research this a little bit, Yeah, but I did like surface level because I wanted to be, I wanted you guys to tell me what actually happened, but did mm-hmm. those bands who did the, they took a chapter, they did three songs. Did they do any of their songs no. or they only covered only oh. cover songs, but they put like their twist on it. N- Sometimes. Sometimes. So, like, everybody did it differently. Like, it, I, I interpreted it as the whoever put on the show was like, okay, you get, um, or, I don't know, maybe they did it, like, AV Club style, where it's, like, you have a board and, like, you know, everybody chose the band based on what was left on the board. And, you know, St. Vincent was, like, Big Black. Fucking take <laughs> yeah, that shit. Yeah, I don't know if it was, like, a curated thing of, like, yeah. I think you would be good for this. Yeah. I, you know, like, Tunyar is doing Sonic Youth. Like, that kind of makes a lot of sense. But yeah. I don't know if that would be the choice. Yeah. Or if they were, like... Or if it was, like, everybody's in a hat and they pick it out. And they're, like, all right, it's, yeah. like, a football pool where you get the numbers. Yeah. And you're, like, all right, this is what you're doing. But yeah. I feel like I was not there. But based on what you said, they probably probably put some thought into who was doing what. So that Maybe they it, made sure that they... Yeah. That that band would feel comfortable and confident covering that chapter. Maybe you know? a little bit. But, like, my my takeaway from, like, being there is it seemed like they basically kind of tried to match up the bands, you know, the band they were covering with the band that was actually playing a little bit. Some people put their own spin on it. Some people just tried to sound like the other band. But, like, almost universally, it seemed like everybody was, like, told the day before. It's like, hey, you're doing a three-song set choose three big black songs or like here's the songs you have to cover learn them and a lot of the bands just sound like sloppy like just trashy like i barely know how to play my instrument which i think totally fit most of the (laughs) bands because it's like you're covering this punk band that like punk bands of that era at least like the way i'm thinking a lot of them weren't good musicians. Like they're just playing power chords. They're playing on like shitty gear because like they're playing fucking, you know, cheap shows and don't make any money. And like, so it was almost more appropriate for these people to just kind of be tossed in. Like here's three songs, learn them, play the show tomorrow. Um, And, you know, some sets were definitely more memorable than others, but like still the whole, the whole show was awesome. 
and it was interesting to see each band and also like even if you didn't like a specific band's interpretation of an artist at least it was over quickly yeah wait 20 minutes wait 20 minutes it'll be over done Yeah. yeah which like in my opinion that's like any show that has a million bands should be run that way like i don't want to see 30 minute like full 30 minute sets or hour sets from 13 bands like give me like 20 minutes of your best shit and just get out of there like (laughs) blow my mind and leave exactly (laughs) yeah so okay i have another question and then another question not really a shocker (laughs) so my first question is um for either one of you when they came on did they say oh we are covering like we're here and we're chapter two and it's this band like did you know who they were playing that's a great question (laughs) (laughs) So one thing I failed to mention is the MC, one of the MCs for the night. I, I don't remember who the first MC was. And Eugene was Merman some dude. was there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the second MC was Janine Garofalo. Oh. So she would usually like come up and announce the band and be like, oh, and like covering whatever is Titus Andronicus or whatever it is. Um, and like it was kind of like that the whole night. Where, like, Janine Garofalo would just, like, magically appear, like some fucked up genie with a Jansport <laughs> backpack. Genie Daria would yeah. just show up. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So I, like, of the show, Janine Garofalo is one of, like, the biggest memories that I have of it. Just because, yeah, she was dressed like Daria. She had green army coat, Jansport backpack that, let's say, was, like, navy blue. Um probably boots and jeans and like just totally dressed like daria it makes me so happy yeah i know right yeah we just like come up out of nowhere announce the band and leave and you would see her like her and her little jam jansport backpack with like her little dangly chain you know things you know maybe like pop down the stairs in the backstage or go upstairs and then you would like see her magically reappear so it was just like (laughs) bizarre (laughs) to see like Janine Garofalo pop up to yeah. announce some band. Um, yeah. And like in general, that show had such good people watching. Like besides Janine Garofalo, like seeing you'd be sitting or standing next to some person that's in an, a band that you don't know. And then you like, you would see them like go in the back and like go up on stage. So I, I feel like maybe like a quarter of the crowd were just in bands just because there were so many fucking bands on this show. So that's the crazy part about this show is that, you know, the you normally would sell, for example, you would sell 500 tickets. Right. And so a venue would sell 500 tickets and that's how much it would take to fill the room. Um, We show up at this show, which we might have gone to Kanji Village. We might have had a couple zombies and our interpretation might be a little weird. Yeah. But fun. So and so we get there. Might have is definitely did. What? We we can't remember, but <laughs> I am I am like ninety nine percent sure we probably had a zombie or two before we went. Yeah, and okay. zombies are like the jungle juice of you know like Asian restaurant drinks. Uh, so like oh. this like Chinese place like around the corner had a drink called a zombie, and it had like one fifty one rum. It's a tiki drink. If you're yeah, like a tiki, a tiki bar, they'll have it. Yeah, and it had, like, pineapple and, like, tastes delicious, doesn't taste like alcohol, but, like, you know, 15 minutes after you have a sip, you're just like, whoa. Yeah. (laughs) You order one, and the guy's like, are you sure you want it? (laughs) You know, and the whole thing, you're like, yeah. 
you order the second one and the guy's like, I don't know if you actually want this. And we're yeah. like, we will sign the fucking waiver right now. <laughs> Give me the zombie. It's oh, delicious. wow. Okay. So, so we get to the venue and it is over full of people hmm. because I think they didn't account for 15 bands worth of people being at this show. And so like, there's a whole section in the Bowery Ballroom. So like we talked about, like the bar is downstairs. and the, So the venue is on the main level, but the main bar is downstairs. Mm-hmm. So on the main level, there's like an area, like a little setback area by the main entrance where you can go downstairs. It's not in the same room as the venue. People were in there because there were that many people in the main room. Oh, wow. At one point, I think we were standing out there. We were standing yeah. by with the stairs to go downstairs because... We couldn't actually fit in the main room because there were that many people. Oh, wow. So Janine Garofalo, like, is not only (laughs) hosting this event, she's actually kind of a spectator, too. And you'll see her, like, she's in the crowd with you. And you're like, oh, there's that bag. I think that's where she is. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, poof, she's, like, on stage (laughs) introducing the next band. How did she even? I mean, A, how did she get from here to there? There's, like, so many people. That's so cool. She's just hanging out here with everybody else. There's some, like, indie hipster version of Where's Waldo, where it's, like, Where's Janine Garofalo? Where's Janine Garofalo? Yeah. Oh, oh wait, really? No. Oh, <laughs> oh what? Damn it! Now we have to do it. Yeah. We're gonna kickstart well, that shit tomorrow. <laughs> the way you said it, I was like, "Wow, yeah. that's awesome." Yeah, and she cool. actually like the reason she's able to like show up at random spots is she actually travels around in her backpack. That's and it's what just I like was a thinking. Magic, it's like a fucking pokeball. <laughs> yeah, that or makes something. yeah, that makes sense to me. That's why I said her magic backpack. That yeah. makes total sense. All right. So that was question number one. Question number two. Is so you knew three bands going in. Mm-hmm. Hops, you knew how many bands going in. I mean, it might be the same. It might be the same. Yeah. Okay, so we'll I mean, say we probably three heard, to... heard the names of most of the bands, but like maybe not giving a shit, or maybe just like it's been off our radar. Okay. Yeah, for me, I'm gonna say St. Vincent, Ted Leo, and Tune Yards. Oh yeah. And for you, it would be uh, Buchengate. Gas? Gase? Buchan Gase. Buchan Gase. Uh, Which is an awesome band. St. Vincent, Titus, Titus Andronicus. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oak, maybe? Yeah, like, I would know Oak, but, like, a lot of the bands, it's just, like, I would know the name, but wasn't really a fan of. Okay. So that wasn't my question. That was just, that was gauging what my question's going to be. I just wanted to know. So mm-hmm. was there... Because you said there was, what, 15 bands in total? I think it was, like, or like 13 to I think 15? it was 12, and then there was an encore, which was 13. Okay. But that was, like, a super group. It looks okay. like, yeah, it's, like, 14, maybe. I think maybe some sets they split in half. Like, the Sonic oh, Youth yeah, set, about that. they split in half. So, like, Toon Yards does one song, and then... Oh, God, who does the other two? It was... <sighs> Oh, God. Someone else Who has else? the other two. <laughs> yeah. So there might be 10 bands, but some of the sets were split in half. Okay. Okay. 10 um, bands in the book, I mean. And then some of those sets were split in half. Got it. So out of all of that, what was the one that stood out? And this is a question for both of you, so you should... <laughs> but, oh, wait. So, so, so should, should we count to three and then say the same thing at the same time? Because I know how we both feel about yeah. this. <clears throat> so we do one, two, three, go. Yeah. Wait, can- On go. One... Two, three, St. Vincent. Vincent. <laughs> and why? Because yeah. she's like uh, the goddess of everything wonderful and she's the best. Yeah. <laughs> and did, did you know her before you guys went to the show or was she somebody that you discovered at this event? Yeah. like Before I, for me. Before for you. Okay. Yeah, before for me. So like I listened, I think at that time, like, did we determine like two albums were out? So like I'd have to check. M- Marry Me <laughs> and Actor. 
were probably out. Maybe the third album was like just about out. Oh no, I think it, I think it was way before the self-titled. Uh... Yeah, at least one album. Oh, was out. sorry, Strange Mercy was the one before the self-titled. Mm. I knew there was another one in there somewhere. It was the Strange Mercy era, so it was Marry Me, then Actor, and then that. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like I was, Actor and Marry Me were awesome albums or are awesome albums. So like I knew about St. Vincent, you know, knew about Buke and Gase, you know, and loved Tune Yards at the time. But the St. Vincent set was so good. Who so did good. who did they um cover? Or Big who did Black, she cover? The Steve oh, Albini that's right. band. You guys you guys mentioned that yeah. earlier. I just yeah. forgot until right now. So like Steve Albini's I have a boner oh, for Steve Albini that's anyway. Why, okay. And then you have a boner for him. I have a boner for him. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I actually like, I didn't know about Big Black until this show. Like I knew Shellac, which yes, was his I later band. Yeah. But then only in yeah. seeing this and like the the song, like her performing Kerosene, was like stuck in my head for a while, yeah. and I had to look for it and find it and listen to it, and then further investigate Big mm-hmm. Black and, like, their catalog. Uh-huh. Yeah, because yeah, I know Shellac, but I didn't know Big Black was his, too. So, oh, yeah. it, it was, oh, like, right. same for me with a lot of the bands. It's, like, like, I knew this was something I should appreciate, and then, like, seeing current bands do songs that I know are influential and, like, people tell me are influential, um, like, kind of made me, like, go back and, like, listen to some stuff. So, like, after the show, like I did listen to Big, Big Black, I did go back and listen to like Husker Du, and like Zen Arcade is an awesome album. Um, and yeah, so it's like kind of like, you know how like sometimes you hear an old band and it's just a different aesthetic than you're used to. Yeah. And then if somebody that you like covers a song, you're just like, oh, like this is an awesome song, and it's really just comes down to like the the aesthetic at the time or the way it was recorded and the instrumentation just didn't match with like how I like listening to music now, but it's still an awesome song and this band rules. It's just, you know, times change and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, the St. Vincent set. So good. Oh my God. Um, yeah. And like the big black song, like the kerosene set me on fire. Oh, yes. Um, (laughs) like that, that song, it, it like kind of has a chorus, but like the chorus is also just like the guitar part after she says like set me on fire and it's just like meow, 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 meow. you know, whatever it is. Um Yeah. I can't. And you don't even have any words as I I love Did, Saint Vincent like so much. Yeah. <laughs> Did you Saint guys- Vincent is like before like like I hadn't watched the Screaming Females until like a couple years ago and like I know she's like a fucking shredder and talk about like oh she's like little baby hendrix right because she's like so mm-hmm. tiny and she just fucking shreds like a beast that was the moment where i felt that way about saint vincent because mm-hmm. she like i've seen her play before when they she toured for uh the first record for marry me mm-hmm. and she did a whole um she did a whole backdrop at the bowery ballroom it was like black and white checkered and they had these crazy outfits and like it was really cool but at this point she came out in like a totally black outfit i think the whole band came out in black outfits yeah. black, it was a very cold very back. yeah very robotic feeling performance yeah. and if you listen to big black it kind of has that feeling too like it's mm-hmm. very um mechanical mm-hmm. but it's like the abrasive. same drum beat actually didn't big black like they used to play with like just a drum machine maybe I think so. It's either, it might have been them or Shellac, but, yeah. um, 
yeah, like the whole song just kind of like, let's let's say, and like we can fact check it after, but I'm pretty sure all the songs were recorded with a drum machine, which is why like all of them have like the same drum beat. And then, but like the song just kind of like swells and, you know, has like quieter parts to kind of like get around the limitation of the drum beat, which is kind of genius and something only Steve Albini could do. Fucking Steve Albini. Yeah. Yeah. Can we have fluffy coffees with you, Steve? <laughs> I would love that. Can yeah. we just like just bullshit about stuff and just oh, have yeah. fluffy coffees and chill? I would I'm love that. S- I'm so close to his um, his old studio in Minnesota. Ooh. Um, I have to like figure out where it is exactly and go buy it. But I'm pretty sure it's still there. I don't think he works out of it anymore. But yeah, like knowing in utero was recorded so close to me. Oh, that's a great it's a good music town yeah. where you are. Yeah. Prince. Prince. <laughs> Prince. Prince. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So was there any was there anything else about that show that's that maybe is on that same caliber, that same level of awesome? <laughs> or was that just like. Out of all of those bands, that one was just so amazing that the rest of them were, even if they were great. I mean, mm. for me, that was it. Yeah. That I was, was it. done. Like, after that, I was completely finished. Okay. Like, she, like, it sounds robotic and mechanical, and the way she moved was very stiff, and it matched the way she was playing, mm-hmm. and she was, like, very into it, and she just, she just shredded the shit out of that thing. Like, it was... Yeah. It was some. It was really something the, to watch. So the, the, the notes on St. Vincent are so she 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 had like a devil vocal effects on her vocal or she had like it uh down an octave so she it she like she kind of knew like i'm a female have a higher voice i'm covering this band that's like loud and abrasive i want this to sound like it's coming from hell and just like (laughs) gave her devil voice octave down and it's like she had that effect on basically the whole time. And I remember at the time I was just like, oh, yeah, it sounds fucking great. Because, oh um, yeah, so she just like had her normal, like pretty voice and basically like fucked it up a little bit, made it nice and dirty. Sent and, it to Hades and it came back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then like her guitar playing, like you could tell like she's such a good guitar player, but she was like, I want to sound fucking sloppy and like. You know, still on everything on time, but like I don't care if like I hit a wrong string when I'm supposed to like mute it and whatever else. Like th- just let it happen. And her the guitar she was using was like an older guitar that seemed like very unstable. So like that also just added to some of the charm. Like you could hear it like feeding back a little bit. It was like really dirty and like lots of line noise and all this other stuff. Um and yeah, like the way she was moving, she, I remember just like her, like kind of crouching down over a guitar, like just kind of like rocking out, like when she's not singing, just being like totally into it. But very sharp. Yeah. Movements are very sharp. Oh yeah. 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 Um, like you could have, <laughs> you could have had in some like bizarro world, had like some Chuck E. Cheese band machine, like <laughs> covering, <laughs> you know, this St. Vincent set covering, um, big black. Um, yeah, so like that was the best set, but the other most memorable moment was, um, so for the encore, where, how did this happen? I think we were leaving. Yeah. 
So they were, okay, so all, (laughs) whatever it is, 13 bands play their sets. The book itself actually ends, um, it's basically like the lead up to Nirvana, kind of blowing up the underground into the mainstream. So to which you and I hadn't read the book at the time of the show. We read no, it afterward. I bought the book like immediately after the show. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually surprised that I haven't read this book yet yeah. because it's, it's, it's right up yeah. my alley. Really I feel like I picked it up a couple of times, but I haven't, I haven't, I'm, I'm doing it. Exactly. It's after this the is book, what I'm reading next. Excellent. It's like Bible sized, which I think is, you know, very appropriate. appropriate. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Aww. And just like, you know, read through like, I would suggest like read through like a band a month or something like that, you know, and each band is kind of a different flavor. Like Husker Du is obviously a very different band than Black Flag. Right. It is from the replacements and it's from Butthole Surfers. Yes. That's how I found out about that thing that we, yeah. Okay. Which we'll talk about another time. Well, Mm -hmm. yes. All right. So Uh, the other moment that stands out for the both of you was. All right. So. All the bands finish playing. I think, like, the last few sets, like, St. Vincent is, like, towards the end. And then it's, like, Y Oak, I think, covered Dinosaur Jr. And I think Buke and Gase covered Fugazi kind of towards the end. And one or two other bands. And then there was, like, kind of this long string where, I don't know, maybe like we were... nothing was happening? Yeah, we were, like, standing there for, like, 20 or 30 minutes. And, you know, like, you're kind of conditioned. If you go to enough shows... You're like, okay, if, like, the music comes on, like, that means I'm leaving. Yeah. So we were kind of, like, looking at each other, like, this has been, like, a pretty long time. I actually like, don't know if the music came on. Yeah, we I don't, th- I don't like, think the music came on, but we were kind of, like, looking like nothing's yeah. happening. And the venue was so overcrowded that it would take forever to leave anyway. So we were just kind of waiting around, and I think at some point we were about to leave. <laughs> yeah. I think we were, like, at the back door of Bowery ballroom. And then we finally hear like people coming on stage and then like we turn around and I think it's like Merrill from tune yards, some band members from Y Oak and doesn't even matter. Dan Deacon, maybe. Yeah. Dan Deacon. Sure. Who during his set, someone <laughs> broke their nose and like just hung out the whole time with a towel on their face. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It, I it, vaguely remember. It was remember. that kind of thing. It was that kind yeah. of, everyone was just like, no, I'm going to fucking trip this out. This is cool. Yeah. Wow. Um so yeah, band comes up, you know, plugs in and just like the opening chords of Smells Like Teen Spirit. Oh. Come on. And then you turn around and you're like, "Yeah." Like, oh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> so at this point like the venue is probably like maybe like half empty, like two thirds full. And people just fucking lose their minds. Yes. Cuz it's like as I'm- close you're going to come to see to, to seeing Nirvana yeah. in your lifetime, like as you ever will. So start playing, you know, as soon as the, the do, 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 <laughs> and people just lose their I have shit. butterflies. I wasn't even there, but just the thought of it. Yeah. 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 Like as soon as you hear that drum part, there's nothing that you can do besides just be like, Oh, yeah. Yes! Know, yeah. <laughs> it's like Popeye opening a can of spinach or something. Yeah. Yeah. So this is super memorable, not just because it was Nirvana, but because people were losing their fucking minds so much that they like took the stage monitor 
off the stage and then started crowd surfing it around. <laughs> and so like the venue was so crowded beforehand that there was really no movement beforehand. It was a right. pretty tame event where like everyone was kind of standing around and watching because you really you were a sardine, you really couldn't do much until this moment and everyone Yeah, lost people were their like shit. fucking like let's fucking mosh, let's yeah. do our shit. So stage monitor starts getting passed around the crowd as smells like Teen Spirit is playing. <laughs> Meryl from Toon Yards is looking around like, oh, they shouldn't be doing that. And then you see the sound guy who at Bowery Ballroom is on stage. Um, climb down from his little scaffolding ladder and like, oh, fuck these assholes, like stole my stage monitor. <laughs> and he's like kind of like chasing. I think he like hopped off stage and had to like chase through the crowd yeah, to yeah, get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. Uh, but was like also the crowd was passing it around so fast. I kind of remember him kind of like almost like playing like a fucked up version of frogger was like going through the crowd being like oh give me my monitor back motherfucker what are you doing um yeah oh, and he damn. had like stage guy like disgruntled of like i don't get paid enough for his shit right right you know look on his face yeah um but everybody else is having a great fucking time oh yeah and just like ah. everybody just like moshed it out and then like as soon as the song is over it was like fuck yeah man <laughs> Yeah, and then I think after that, it was, like, Lithium. Maybe Territorial Pissings. Less than five songs. Five or less. Yeah. Yeah. I remember Territorial Pissings. I remember Lithium. I remember Smells Like Teen Spirit. And I think that might have been it. Maybe. It was really short. It was really short. (laughs) It was nuts. Yeah. (laughs) Sounds amazing. So that's the end to that night. That is an amazing and perfect way to end that night. Considering mm. that a lot of the whole, well, what you were saying, the book that I have not read yet, but I will be reading immediately following this podcast was leading up to that point. Mm-hmm. So it's nice that they did all that. And then at the end they were like, okay, and then we're going to give you this. Cause this is what happened. This is the explosion that happened right Mm -hmm. after all the other stories. Mm -hmm. And then most people know that story. So it's, yeah, (sighs) I'm like, I know both of you and I'm, I'm secretly jealous. I wasn't there. I'm glad to hear about the story now. And I feel like I'm reliving it through the two of you and that's totally fine. However, it sounds like it would have been really great to be there and they should do it again. Yeah. 20 year. Oh my God. Janine Garofalo or bust. (laughs) So well, so the only notes that I could find about who played what—it's very short. It's not everything, but it's um, delicate. Steve played the Minutemen, which is the first time I've ever seen delicate Steve. Loved him after seeing that because I was like, he did that really well. Ted Leo played fucking Minor Threat. Whoa, yeah, Whoa. I know, right? I love and I think he played that pretty straight. Like he actually played it like you know a band covering Minor Threat, yeah, not like a Ted Leo song. <laughs> I- <laughs> yeah. Uh, Titus Andronicus played the replacements. Uh, Toon Yards played Sonic Youth. Dan Deacon was the butthole surfers. That set was totally fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) Fucked up. Uh, Well, obviously, St. Vincent played Big Black. Um, Why Oak was Dinosaur Junior. And Buke and Gase were Fugazi. Yeah. Yeah. Which is very appropriate. Very appropriate. (sighs) That sounds yeah. like a great time. NPR did have a stream of the concert, so we're going to have that on the website, on the article for this um, for this podcast. So if you want to listen to it, you can check that out and hear the whole thing. 
Talesfromthepit.com. Wait, Talesfromthepitpod.com. Yeah. Yeah. We even, yes. <laughs> Talesfromthepitpod.com. That's yes. what it is. All right. We won. We still want the other one. We'll get it. One day. We'll you get have to like buy it for a thousand dollars. Someone had it. Yeah. So we're just waiting them out. Fucking douchebag. He's like, yeah. I'm going to start up a podcast. <laughs> it's probably something about barbecue, right? Tales from the pit, like barbecue yeah. pit. Or like mm, conductor pit. I think it might have been that. Oh, conductors. Yeah. Maybe he's like a cherry Ooh. farmer or something. Ooh. He likes pitting his cherries. Maybe. Or a peach pit. Or peach pit. So or, you know, a stone fruit of some type. <laughs> Stonefruitguy.com. That's actually his license plate, Stone Fruit Guy. Stone Fruit. <laughs> Has to be like an Oregon license plate or something. Oh, yeah. Stone Fruit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that was grand. Is there anything else? I mean, I feel like you. I had some questions. You answered them. I don't know that I have any more. I feel like I'm on an interview. Well, you are. I'm yeah. interrogating you right this, now. This is That's like the awkward happening. part of the interview of like, are we done? I don't know. Did I get it? Did I? <laughs> I think we're good. Yeah. I think we're done. Yeah. Thank you. This is fun. Thank you. Cookie. Yeah, the world's oh, yeah. going to know. The world's going to know your name now. <laughs> well, Matt. 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 But I'm, I think, am I in both of your phones as Cookie? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't think I've ever actually called you Matt until this very second. It felt weird. It I'm not going to lie. Weird. Okay. It did feel a little weird, but I, yeah. I was like, maybe he's a cookie. Yeah. No. I mean, even if I grow up, you guys can call me cookie. You know? Oh, just- oh, oh thank you. Don't grow up. Thanks for listening to Tales from the Pit. You can find bonus content on our website, talesfromthepitpod.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram under Tales from the Pit Pod. And if you have a story you want to share, drop us a line at talesfromthepitpod at gmail.com. Chris, please!